Hey, Lazy Parenting Pod Squad. This is part three of four in my Valentine's Day series on loving your kids and showing up for them in the way that they can receive it best. If you haven't yet listened to part one, be sure to pause this episode and go back to that one first as it gives a summary about what I'm talking about in regards to unconditional love and the five love languages as described by Dr. Gary Chapman. Today, I'm going to dive into love languages three and four and talk about how to decide if one of these is your child's primary love language, and if so, how to best use that knowledge to show them love so that they can receive it. Hello, and welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast, hosted by me, Stephanie Kennedy, the self-proclaimed OG lazy parent. Every week, we're going to dive deep into the concept and methodology of lazy parenting, and I'll share all of my tips and tricks and strategies to help support you in this crazy journey of parenting that we are all on. So listen in, implement the strategies, and watch as your children become more independent, more capable, more self-reliant in all of their things. You'll be amazed as you watch their confidence grow, and they become happy, joyful, kind, empathetic, young adults ready to head off on their own, living their true purpose. Sounds exciting, right? So let's go. Let's all become lazy parents. So love language number three is quality time. If your little one is constantly asking you to come play with me and is relentless about it, this might be their primary love language. I mean, I think all children want our time and attention. So as a reminder, all five of the love languages are really important. Remember, all kids have those two buckets that need filling on the regular, the power bucket and the attention bucket. And I mentioned in episode one, an emotional tank that needs filling too. I know for a lot of us moms, we often shoo them away when we're in the middle of something and say, I can when I'm done, fill in the blank. And yet they keep coming back and asking again and again, and we all get frustrated wondering, how are we gonna ever get anything done? Well, the honest truth, and I learned this the hard way, is that if we can plan and engage in some quality time before we intend to get some work done, the likelihood that they will leave you to do it after is much higher. The idea is to fill the tank or the buckets before you need some alone time. If their bucket is empty, they will likely go to any means to fill it, and that means they're going to pester you until the point of getting in trouble, if necessary. Because remember, any attention to a child is better than no attention even bad attention. So what is quality time? It really does mean focused and undivided one-on-one attention. So it means putting your phone away, don't try and multitask by doing laundry or watching TV while you're playing with them. Quality time means quality time. Dr. Chapman talks about how quality time is our gift of presence to our child. I like that, right? Our gift of our presence. So when they're young, it means being with them on the floor while they crawl and play. As they get older, it might mean attending their events and cheering them on. It means you are doing things with them. And no, it doesn't really matter what those things are. It could be playing video games with them. It could be taking them shopping or grocery shopping, watching them play soccer or shoot hoops with them, or even going for walks with them. The unfortunate truth in today's society is, however, that some children would miss their electronics, their phones, more than they would miss the parent who works outside the home. If that parent isn't purposefully engaging in quality time with that child regularly, and yes, this takes real effort to do. 
especially if you have more than one child, because each of them needs one-on-one time with both their parents, if there are two parents in the home. One way we have managed that in our house is by each of us, my husband Chris and I, taking on the role of coaching our kids in various sports. It allows us to be involved in their passions and spend one-on-one time with them while we drive to the practices or tournaments. Dr. Chapman also talks about the importance of positive eye contact in quality time. Unfortunately, he cites studies that show most eye contact between parents and children is negative, like when you have to give them the eye because they're misbehaving, or you're making eye contact when you want them to hear you and do what you're asking. I talk about the importance of that in the episodes on how to get your kids to listen. Quality time can also be quality conversations. I'm not able to spend time with my children who are away at university, but I have a tradition of frequent or daily FaceTimes with them to check in and ask about their day and what's going on in their lives. It's not me checking up on them. It's more a way of staying connected. Staying connected with them is important. It gives me a chance to see their face, their body language, and for me to make sure that I think they look okay. I've also found that car rides and walks are the best way to get my teens to engage and tell me about their lives. We have a tradition of them taking me through their day as we drive to their after-school sport. I never ask, how was school today? Because, as I am sure you have seen, this usually only gets a one-word answer. Fine. Rather, we've used the phrase, tell me three things I don't know about your day. We use that all the time. Or, lately, what I've been asking is, take me through your day. In detail. (laughs) We started this when they were young, and it's continued through to their teens. Stories are also a great way to engage in quality conversations. If your child loves reading with you, taking a book and talking through the characters and relating them to their lives can be really effective. Another way of quality conversation and quality time is mealtime. Those are great opportunities to have great conversations. We have a tradition in our house to go around the table and give our day a letter grade and talk about our favorite part of the day. This is the way that Chris can make sure that he stays connected to the kids. So on those nights where we actually all are able to sit around the dinner table, we do that. It usually leads to great follow-up questions and helps us all connect. Love language number four is receiving gifts. While this love language may seem easy enough to speak, it actually is quite difficult to do so well. A child whose love language is gifts will appreciate things like how it is wrapped, and they will remember who gave them the gift for months after the fact, maybe even years after the fact. However, the challenge is to find meaningful gifts to give to this type of child. These gifts should not be attached to behavior or achievement. Remember, the foundation of all love languages is unconditional love. So, It might be a flower you picked on your walk or a small something you saw that made you think of them. The importance is to combine the gift with another love language to ensure the meaning of the gift is felt. Examples of this love language would be wrapping a gift really beautifully or being very ceremonial in how you give the gift. Maybe there's a theme or a tradition that always goes with the gift. The key, though, is to not overdo this love language with too many gifts. It does not mean that the child gets all that they ask for. The importance is the meaning behind the gifts. This love language is important to use with all children as it does teach them how to receive gifts and be able to give gifts in their future. Tomorrow, we will discuss the last love language. 
On a side note, for those of you that are looking for a great Valentine idea, I have a template of Valentines with, with sayings on them that you can just print out and cut out and stick on their bedroom doors on Valentine's Day. Just send me a DM on Instagram or TikTok and I can send you a link. Hey, thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you are loving the episodes, please be sure to click on the podcast episode and give me a rating. Give me that five-star rating. Write a review. Tell me which episode has been your favorite so far. That really helps get the podcast out there so more parents can get on the Lazy Parenting bandwagon and make a difference and have a more chaos-free and yell-free home happier, healthier homes for their kids. As well, if you're interested in following along with my journey, um, come see me over on Instagram. At Lazy Parenting is my Instagram handle. That's where you can find all of the ups and downs and the things that we're going through and where I share more tips and tricks. As well, I share daily tips on TikTok. So, So I'll see you over on the other platforms. Thanks again for listening.